Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. That's awesome. Why don't we just clap? Because that's fun. I was at uh, I was away last weekend. Um, if you were here, you noticed I wasn't around. I had the weekend off, and so I went down to Edmonton and uh, got to go to Beulah Alliance Church on their Saturday night service. I actually watched our service Sunday morning uh, from Edmonton, and then I went to Beulah Alliance on Saturday night, and they clapped all the time. After every worship song, they clapped. After the prayers, they clapped. After the announcements, they clapped. After the sermon, they clapped. And I was like, this is like a super clappy group. This is awesome. And Gavin's like, that's just what they do all the time. So apparently they clap all the time. So I think it's just fantastic. So if you, there we go. Hey, it's good. (laughs) After every story, after every point, be fantastic. (laughs) It's a good day, hey? What a good day. Wow. Well, it is exciting to see you all here. Exciting to, uh, to get going today. Hey, I want you to think about something. Here's a question for you just to kind of get the old brain rolling here. Um, if you knew this was your last day, let's just pretend like tomorrow is going to be like the day we all go to heaven, that kind of a thing. If you knew today was your last day on earth, well, how would you spend it? What would you do? Just think about that for a moment. I don't want you to shout out loud. I don't want you to share with anybody around. Just think about what would you do if you knew today was your very last day on earth and tomorrow wasn't going to come for you? What would you do? Well, I'm, I'm betting that you likely would sleep in, maybe. You, you might not go to work that day. You'd probably order an extra dessert because really those pounds aren't going to make any difference whatsoever. Maybe after having one of those momentary thoughts of, oh goodness, I haven't done everything on my bucket list, you might let let go of that, and likely you would gather together with all of your loved ones, and you'd say all the meaningful things that needed to be said. Now, when we think about what we would do on our last day on earth, this is actually a real situation that happened in the Bible. Jesus knew when his last day here was, the day before he was going to be crucified, and we have written in the Bible exactly what Jesus did on his last day before he died. So this is found in John chapter 13, and last week Pastor Nate preached on John chapter 13, which was fantastic, and this was what Jesus, how Jesus started his, first, or his last day before he died. He went and he gathered his closest friends together, they had a little meal together, He got down, he washed all of their feet, and then he told them all the things that he thought they needed to know before he left. Because he knew the very next day he would be arrested, crucified, he would die, and be buried. So this section of scripture, if you can imagine, all of the things that Jesus taught, all the things that Jesus said, probably his most important things that he ever said would be on the last day that he was here. And so this section of Scripture is probably one of the most important sections of Scripture that there is. It's found in John chapter 13 to 17. It's all one big event. It starts with this gathering together, eating together, washing the disciples' feet, and then it goes into Jesus' last words to his disciples. Now, the reason why Jesus begins this 
time together with the washing of the disciples' feet is not arbitrary. It's very, very, very specific and very important. This is the main illustration for everything that Jesus is about to say. You can imagine when we preach a sermon, like I just did, I asked the question, like, if this was your last day on earth, how would you spend it? Jesus starts this whole section of scripture with an illustration. And his illustration is washing the feet of the disciples. And then he begins to teach them some of the most important things that they need to know. Now, this illustration is so much huger than we could possibly imagine. Now, Pastor Nate skillfully preached on it last week, so I'm not going to go into it. I just want to say this. Jesus, God's own son, the, the creator of the universe, God in the flesh, the most powerful being in all of existence, stooped down in the flesh, put a towel around his waist, kneeled on the ground and washed the muck and the manure off of his disciples' feet. Now, it would have been crazy for a rabbi to do this. It is utterly insane for the creator of the whole universe to do this. Isn't that unbelievable? Now, not only does he do this for his disciples, but he even washes the feet of Peter, who he knows in the next 24 hours, this same Peter was going to deny him three times. He knew that, and he washed Peter's feet. He even stooped down to wash the feet of Judas Iscariot, who he knew was going to turn him over to be crucified within the next few hours. Just in the next few hours, Judas Iscariot was going to go and turn Jesus over to be crucified, and he washed Judas Iscariot's feet. This is mind-blowing. And it's so mind-blowing that we need to pay attention Jesus wants us to understand something about this section of Scripture, this section of Scripture from John 13 to 17, and it's all set up by the washing of the disciples' feet. Jesus' purpose in this section is to prepare his disciples for the advancing of the kingdom without him present. Now, I want to give you a quick breakdown of this section of Scripture. We're going to get into it pretty deeply but I want to give you a quick breakdown. Chapter 13 is where we find Jesus gathering with his disciples, washing the feet that I just spoke about. Chapters 14, 15, and 16 is like one long message, one long sermon. And actually, in this passage, Jesus has like one or two main points that he repeats over and over and over again. And then when we get to chapter 17, chapter 17 is the benediction to this section. Chapter 17 is all a big prayer. It's a prayer for three different things. Jesus prays for himself. Jesus prays for the disciples, and Jesus prays for everyone who will ever believe in him. Everyone who will ever believe in him, which means that Jesus is not just speaking to his immediate disciples right there. Jesus includes within this section of Scripture everyone who would ever believe in him. That's all of you. That's me. That's us. Every single person that would ever believe in Jesus is included in this passage of Scripture. So we need to pay special attention because Jesus is speaking to us here. So let's see what Jesus said. There's two main points I want to focus in on in this passage of Scripture. One is in chapter 14 and one is in chapter 15. And here's the two main passages. You'll see them on the screen behind me right now. John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. 
And then also in John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, these are fantastic verses. You've probably heard these verses before. And in actuality, these two verses are parallel passages. They're parallel verses. These two verses say very much the same thing. They just say them a little bit different. Now, this is a common tactic in Hebraic teaching. It's amazing how the, how the Hebrews would teach. They'd often teach a concept, and then they'd come right back to it and teach the same concept again. And then they come right back to it and teach the same concept again. The reason for this is so that you will really understand what they're saying. They really want you to understand this. And Jesus really wants us to understand what's going on here. So we're going to talk about how these two passages are parallel. But before we get to that, I want to just share the beginning concept that Jesus has in John chapter 14. Jesus is saying, okay, so as you look at this passage up on the screen, Jesus is saying that those who believe in him, will do what he has done and even greater things than he did. Then, then a little later, to drive that point home, Jesus teaches the exact same truth through an illustration in John chapter 15, and the illustration is the vine and the branches. If you remain in Jesus, you will bear much fruit. Greater things and much fruit. These two teachings are the same. I'm going to show you that in a moment, but I want you to turn to the people around you. It's going to take a moment. Turn to the people that are around you, and I want you to ask the question, because this, when, we, when we hear this passage, that the person who believes in Jesus will do the same things that Jesus did, and even greater, we have to ask the question, what did Jesus do? So just turn to the people around you, and just answer this question, what did Jesus do? Just start naming off as many things as you can about what Jesus did. You're going to have about 45 seconds, so just quickly popcorn. What did Jesus do? That's all the time you get. That's it. <laughs> all right, so shout out to me, okay? What did you guys come up with? What did Jesus do? He, well, he died. <laughs> That's, I guess we're going to do that too. That's great. Awesome. What's another thing Jesus did? Raise the dead. Played with children. He did miracles. He, okay, so I heard served, made the blind to see, he fed 5,000 with just like a little boy's lunch, cleansed lepers, lepers, not leopards, <laughs> told stories, okay, so that's great, that's awesome, we could go on and on, because he did a lot of stuff, right, he did a lot of stuff, isn't it amazing, it's amazing to think of what Jesus did. And it's even more amazing to think that Jesus is saying that we would do the same things that he did. This is one of those crazy verses. I mean, do we really think that Jesus is saying that we would do things like heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, preach good news to the poor, play with children, all the fun stuff? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We see the immediate disciples continue to do the work that Jesus was doing throughout the rest of Scripture. I want you to remember, this is what Jesus said that his mission was. Back in Luke chapter 4, Jesus reads a passage of Scripture from Isaiah, and he says, this is what my mission is. And here's what he says. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And here in John 13 to 17, Jesus is beginning to put his mission, this stuff, he's beginning to put his mission into the hands of the disciples that they would do what he has been doing because his mission needs to continue to be accomplished. Jesus' mission becomes our mission. And here's the big kicker. Jesus accomplished his mission because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and we accomplished Jesus' mission because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. The same Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is at work within us. Now, this first passage those who believe in Jesus will do the things that Jesus did and even greater things, that verse is dependent on several factors. We're going to talk about three of them today. Three factors that this passage is dependent upon. The first one is this. In order to do what Jesus did, we must be in him and he in us. This passage begins in John 14, 12. I've, I'm going to read this several times today. The one who believes in me, that's Jesus. The works that I do, he will, also, he will do also. So how do we do that? Well, we do that, we do that by this first step, being in him and he in us. Jesus is speaking to those who believe in him. And after saying that the Holy Spirit will come, and live with all those who believe in Jesus. That's what Jesus says in this section of Scripture. He's saying the Holy Spirit's about to come. He's going to come and live inside of you. And after Jesus says that, he says this, On that day, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you, on that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. The Holy Spirit brings the presence of Jesus to us, to live within us. Now, here's the thing. When we talk to people about knowing Jesus Christ, we often will say, you know, if, if you want to know Jesus, you have to pray a prayer that invites Jesus to live in, in your heart. And that's true. That's a good thing to say because when we invite Jesus into our life, we're inviting Jesus into our heart through the Holy Spirit. So that's a really good thing to do, and it's powerful, and it's wonderful, and it's great to know that Jesus lives within us. But we often miss an important part of this statement that Jesus is saying here. Look at it again. I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That middle piece, you are in me. We are in Jesus. See, we don't just invite Jesus into our heart. Jesus invites us into his heart. That's huge. That's huge. He is in us. And we are in him. This is more important than we realize. Jesus doesn't just inhabit our hearts. We inhabit his. And that's how we do what he did. That's how we do what, we, what he did. By being in him and him in us. It's the first factor. In order to do what Jesus did, we must be in him and he in us. Later on, we're going to see about the fruit that we will bear much fruit that Jesus there says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So that's the first factor. The first factor is that in order to do what Jesus did, we must be in him and he in us. The second factor is in order to do what Jesus did, we must do it in his name. Jesus says this, and whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, this is an amazing promise that we sometimes 
take out of context and misunderstand. Because does it really mean that we can just add in Jesus' name to anything that we say and then it'll be done? Like, I want a mansion and a Humvee in Jesus' name. Is that what's going to happen? No, likely that's not what's about to happen. It's, it's, it's this idea, you see, the, the idea is when we do something in Jesus' name or in anyone's name, especially during this time, when you do something in someone's name, it's not a name it and claim it type of a thing. To do something in someone's name is to represent that person in what you're doing. A verse that might help us in this is found in 2 Corinthians, and you're, you're likely familiar with this verse also. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, the new, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ, Reconciling the, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their wrongdoings against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. So there we're called ambassadors for Christ. Do you know what an ambassador does, right? An ambassador leaves his own country, goes to a foreign land, and as they are in that foreign land, they act as if they are completely a part of their own country. They act, on, they act and they speak on behalf of their country. When an ambassador speaks, he has the complete authority of the whole country behind him, and he only speaks the things that he knows that his country supports. No ambassador goes off the rails. You don't see an ambassador from Canada going over to another country and going like, no, we hate poutine. He wouldn't do that. Why? Because he knows that his country loves poutine. So there's no way the ambassador would go over there and say that. The ambassador would only say and do the things that he knows his country is fully behind. That what, that's what makes them a good ambassador. And we are ambassadors for Christ. So when we go into the world, we don't declare the selfish things that we want. I want a million dollars. That's not what the kingdom is all about. What do we declare? We declare that Jesus Christ is our only way to salvation because that's what the kingdom is all about. We declare that God has come into the world to declare his son, Jesus Christ, as the one and only name in which we must be saved that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus has come to, to heal the sick, he has come to, to cleanse the lepers, he has come to play with the children, he's come to do all these things, and he's doing it through us. So we are here to represent Jesus in everything that he does, not represent ourselves, not represent our own needs and desires, but represent Jesus' kingdom. That's what a good ambassador does. We ask for things in Jesus' name, which bring his kingdom to bear in our world. Because asking in Jesus' name is representing Jesus to the world. This is how we do what Jesus did. We must do it in his name. So first, in order to do what Jesus did, we must be in him and he in us. And second, in order to do what Jesus did, we must do it in his name. Now, the third factor is in order to do what Jesus did, we must start at the basics of service and love. 
Jesus said, John 14, 12, I'm reading it again, same passage we've read a couple of different times. The one who believes in me, that's what Jesus says, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now again, Jesus did some amazing things. He preached good news to the poor, healed the sick, cast out demons, raised the dead, and that is all awesome. And that's included in this. But at the base level, what did Jesus do? Well, let's look back at the illustration. Remember I said, in John 13, Jesus gives us an illustration that is meant to be carried all the way through this whole section. So let's look back at the illustration that Jesus gave us in chapter 13. Because remember, there are no chapters as Jesus is living. Right? It's not like Jesus lived chapter 13 and then he went home for a little bit. And then he came back and lived chapter 14. There was no break in between. He washes his disciples' feet and then he says, those who believe in me will do the same things that I'm doing. So their immediate thoughts are not just going to be all oh, the amazing miracles, which they did, but it's also going to be what Jesus just did. So look back with me. John 13. Jesus says this. So if I, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example so that you also would do just as I did for you. Very similar language there, isn't it? And then Jesus says in John 13, 34, I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is base level stuff. It's foundational. To do what Jesus did, we must start at the basics of service and love. You want to do what Jesus did with the preaching and the healing and the casting and the raising? Some of us start there. We're like, yay, I want to do what Jesus did. And we go and we try to heal the sick and we try to, 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 to cast out demons and we try to walk on water and we try to turn water to wine because wouldn't that be fantastic? All that stuff, we try to do that level of stuff while we neglect the base foundational level of stuff. And you can't do all of this amazing miraculous stuff if you're not doing the base level stuff. If you don't start with service and love, you're not going to get to the resurrection, the, the healing and the resurrecting people and all that stuff. You're not going to get there. Now, there are all kinds of people in this world who have done amazing things. I mean, there's amazing, you just look around, there's amazing stuff that has happened. People have traversed the world, they've plumbed the depths of the ocean, they've gone to space and back, they've done amazing things. But you can't do anything like what Jesus did until you start with service and love. That's the foundation of all that Jesus did, and that, that is why Jesus started by washing his disciples' feet. So what do we need to do to do what Jesus did? In order to do what Jesus did, we must be in him and he in us. We must do it in his name, and we must start at the basics of service and love. That's how we do what Jesus did. Now, I want to show you as well, because I told you earlier that Jesus teaches all this in John 14, and then he repeats himself in John 15. Because here's the start verse. The, the first verse we we're talking about, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. And the parallel verse is this one in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me 
and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Now if you look at John 15, if you look at the chapter, John 15, you'll see the same three points that we just came up with in John chapter 14. Jesus repeats all of them. Here's, here's what they are. Now we were saying in order to do what Jesus did, and in this chapter Jesus says in order to bear much fruit, we must be in him and he in us. And that's right there in John 15:5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Now point number two is in order to bear much fruit, we must do it in his name. Jesus goes right into it. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then finally, point three, in order to bear much fruit, we must start at the basics of service and love. And Jesus repeats it again. John 15, 12, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. He's just repeating the same thing again. So John chapter 14, he repeats it again in John chapter 15. And in fact, through this whole section, Jesus repeats these same truths again and again and again. We see in John 14, 20, in John 15, 4, in John 15, 5, that we must be in him and he in us. We see in John 14, 13, John 15, 7, and John 16, 23, that we must do it in his name. We see in John 13, you don't have to remember all these. I'm just showing you that Jesus repeats himself over and over and over again. At least three times in each one of these cases, he says almost the exact same three, thing in John, in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And not only is he saying it, like these are just the examples of him saying the exact same thing. But as you read through these passages, you're going to see these same things pop up again and again and again in different ways. Jesus says the same three things over and over and over again in this whole chapter, in this whole section. As Jesus spends his last day before going to be crucified, Jesus hands over his mission to the disciples, telling them and all of us that we will do what Jesus has been doing and even greater things, and that we will bear much fruit. But in order to do that, here's the three ways that we can do that. We must be in him and he in us. We must do it in his name. And we must start at the basics of service and love. Well, why is this important? Why is this important? Uh, some people might tell you today that God's going to do what God's going to do and it doesn't really matter what I do because God's going to do his thing. Well, St. Augustine came up with an amazing quote. It's not going to be up on the screen here, but he came up with an amazing quote. This was a long time ago when St. Augustine was around. And, and St. Augustine said, without God, we cannot. Without us, he will not. Think about that for a second. Without God, we cannot. Without us, he will not. God has chosen to use us which I think is the dumbest idea in the entire world. <laughs> I would have picked a much better way to do this. But he's chosen to use us, as faulty and as messed up as we are, to take his mission to the rest of the world. That's God's plan. It's his number one plan. It's not like he just went, oh shoot, I guess I have to use people now. No, it's his number one plan. Jesus said, I have to go to the Father. Because if I don't go, the Spirit won't come and live within you. 
It's so important that Jesus left so that the Spirit would come and be within us so then we can carry the message and the mission of Jesus out to the world. I, th- I would have thought it would have been a better idea to leave Jesus here, but he thought Jesus' number one plan was to go so that we could be filled with the Spirit and then go out into the world. That's crazy, and it's awesome. That's God's number one plan. That's why this is so important, because you and I are meant to fulfill Jesus' mission. The world desperately needs you and I to represent Jesus and do what he did and allow him to produce fruit through us. In just the last couple of months, we've had some youth, we've had an adult go off on mission around the world, and they preach the good news to the poor. Isn't that awesome? They didn't do that in their own strength. They did that through the power of the Holy Spirit. In just the little, last little while, I've heard stories of many of you guys going out to talk to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family about how good Jesus is and what he's done in your life. I've heard stories of that. You guys have been taking the gospel out to your neighborhoods. I've, I've, uh, I've heard stories of our young people our young people praying, laying their hands on their friends and praying for them to be healed. Isn't that awesome? Our young people are stepping out in faith, gathering around. There's, well, I have pictures of this from Mexico, but I know it's happening not just in Mexico, of our young people laying their hands on people and praying for them to get well. Isn't that awesome? It's so amazing. I, I've, been, uh, I've, I've been hanging out in the courthouse in Grand Prairie. A lot lately, for some reason. Not, not because of something I've done. <laughs> Just so you guys get that idea. I've been going, like, I'm, I'm way too familiar with the courthouse these days. And I've been going there, and I know some of you have done this same type of thing, but I've been going there at the request, particularly of a couple of single moms, who've asked me to go with them, to stand with them, to be with them as they're going through some harrowing cases. And, and I've got to tell you, I don't think our legal system is perfect. It's pretty far from perfect. I know we have some people that are doing amazing jobs. We have, we have RCMP and officers and we have uh, court officials. We have judges and, and, and all, we have all kinds of amazing people doing their very best, but it's not a perfect system. And some of these single moms that I've been standing in court with have gone through the ringer on some rough stuff. But we need to stand up for those who, who need some help. We need to stand next to those who are... are going through the difficult situations and we need to represent Jesus to them. That's why this is so important because people are, are experiencing injustice and we need to stand up for people who are experiencing injustice. I've been part of uh, several in the last couple of months. I've been part of several different deliverance sessions with people. I know a lot of you have been a part of deliverance sessions with people where people are finding freedom in Jesus Christ as, the, as some of their, their, the things that they've been, that broken their family, some traumatic events, some, some different things in their, in their family and in their life, some things that have broken them as they have found freedom in those things as they've been delivered from demonic and, 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 and psychological torment. It's amazing what can happen when we stand and we cast out demons in Jesus' name. It's amazing what happens. We've seen people healed of physical maladies, of difficult things that are happening. We've, we've seen amazing things happening. We, just this last week, we've had a couple of different prayer requests shot to us, and we've seen God show up in amazing ways. 
as the people of God come together in prayer in Jesus' name for his kingdom to break through. It's amazing what happens when that happens. I got some reports back from our prayer teams that were at the Gospel Jamboree just uh, less than a month ago. Some of them got to, to speak the Word of God boldly to a woman in particular that came out of a community that she didn't, never heard that God loved her. A very religious community never heard that God loved her. And here our, our prayer team was able to share that God loves you. God loves you. Isn't that amazing? Another person on that weekend came out and uh, broke free from a fence and was able to offer forgiveness for someone who really, really hurt him. It's amazing what happens when we step out in Jesus' name, when we begin to do the things that Jesus would do. It's just amazing what changes in this world when we do that. Do you think that this world needs the followers of Jesus to step into the mission of Jesus and do what Jesus did? Do you think the world needs that? A lot of quietness. <laughs> I think the world desperately needs that. I think we need it. The world needs you and I, and we need, we need the greater things that Jesus did. The world needs, to, needs us to bear much fruit. God actually relies on you to continue to carry this mission forward. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. As the worship team comes up, we're going to sing this song together, this closing song. And then I'm going to, I'm going to come up and I'm going to do a benediction, but it's going to be a little bit of a different benediction. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you guys, as we do the benediction, I'm going to pray for a blessing over you all that you will begin to step into the greater things and do bearing much fruit. And then we're going to open up stuff. So we're going to do the benediction. We're going to pray a blessing. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, some space open here. There's going to be a couple of our elders and a couple of our uh, pastoral team will be up here. And we want to pray for people. So if you are in a place today where you need prayer for breakthrough, you need the kingdom to come to bear in your life, then we're going to pray for that. If you're in a place where you're like, I'm ready to carry Jesus' mission. I just need someone to pray for me and encourage me. We want to pray for that too. If you want a word from the Lord, we're going to pray for that too. So we're going to have some space open here after we give the benediction and dismiss for people to come forward for prayer. I want to give you a little story really quickly. I came to Christ when I was just after I turned 16. And I was in a little Nazarene church. And, uh, and there was probably about 70 of us in that church. And uh, every Sunday they had an altar call. And they had these cool little stools up at the front you could come and sit on and kneel on. And they had an altar call every Sunday morning. And I went up every single Sunday. Even before I was a Christian, I went up every Sunday because that's what the youth all did. All the youth, whenever the altar call was made, all the youth ran to the front to be prayed for. I just thought, that's just normal. I was like, okay, I'm brand new to this Christianity thing. This is what we do because we just all want to be prayed for. So for like six months... I ran to the front of the stage every single Sunday to be prayed for. Now, I still do that. Whenever I go to an event where they're like, we're going to do an altar call, I'm like, all right, I'm here. And they're like, wait a second, we haven't told you what it's for. I'm like, I don't care. You can pray for me for whatever you want. I'm there. I would encourage you, I would encourage you to get everything that Jesus has for you. So you may not feel like you want to come up this Sunday, and that's fine. But man, you should. Come get some prayer. We love to pray for you. We love to encourage you. We love to bless you. Let's begin to step in to the greater things God has for us. Let's begin to step into bearing much fruit because this world desperately 
needs it. So please stand and join me as we sing this closing song. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to pray a blessing over you uh, just, to, uh, just to step into this, to step into this, to experience these greater things, to experience this much fruit so that the world, so the world can be changed. So I bless you right now, church. I bless you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ to know that you are in him and he is in you to abide in him. To be able to walk in this world as his representative and do things in his name. And to be able to start with the foundations of service and love and grow into even the greater things to do, even greater what Jesus, than what Jesus did, and to bear much fruit. For God's sake, for the kingdom's sake, and for the world's sake, in Jesus Christ's name, amen. 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 All right, so you're dismissed, and we're going to have a few people. We've got an elder. We've got a couple of pastors up here. We're going to be up here. We've got a couple of elders. So come on up and receive some prayers. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.